And now, live from the shadow of America's mountain, this is Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Welcome to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. I'm your host, <laughs> Heath, and God is doing a new thing today because with us are my amazing co-host, Michael. Michael, how you doing? Doing well, guys. Um, I'm very excited about today's topic. I am as well. With me today also is co-host Chris. How you doing, Chris? I am doing excellent. So glad to be here. It's been too long. And it has been too I long. Thank you for the invite. Of course. And last but not least, the always lovely, the always prophetic, the always talented Lily from Waymaker. How you doing, Lily? That's the nicest introduction you've ever given me. Wow. Thank you. I'm you doing really well. <laughs> I am so glad you're doing well. <laughs> All right, so before we get into today's show, we have an amazing show, actually, which you should know because the four of us are here. Um, But before we get into there, let's get some housekeeping items out of the way. Remember to check out rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. There is a contact form to submit feedback, comments, suggestions. To be a guest, recommend a guest. Heck, we don't care. Good, bad, indifferent. Use the contact form. Let us know what you think, what's going on. If you need prayer, there are two ways that we can partner with you in prayer. The first, of course, is the prayer request form on the website. The second, you can write us at prayer at rmrr.live. While you're on the website, make sure to check out the Linktree link, which gets all of our socials to all the things. If you are watching on YouTube and Rumble, we would please ask that you subscribe and like, because that helps us so that we can go live, and we definitely want to do that. And if you like the show and the show's content and feel led to donate to us, there are links to do so on the website. The show description below, and for those watching, probably somewhere around Lily's chin. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just trying to help. Thanks, I appreciate that, Vanna White. All right, let's get into it. We have another amazing show for you today. Today, we are starting a new series, and we're all very excited to be starting this series with you. This is going to be the Fivefold Ministry Prophets. So, if you like today's show, we encourage you to like it, or to, excuse me, to share it with your friends, family, co-workers, your sisters, cousins, nephews, former roommate. Why? Because sharing is caring. Now, before we get into today's show, we do have some commercial advertisements, I believe, but today they are going to be the not live version. So, pause with us for just a moment, and we'll be right back. Rocky Mountain Revival Radio and Waymaker Ministries are now partnered with Bite Tag. Bite Tag is the safest and most advanced pet tag on the market. It allows you to create a personal profile for you and your pet. When scanned, you'll get notification that your pet's tag has been scanned. It also gives the scanner the option to notify the pet's owner that the pet has been found. And the tag uses GPS tracking to notify the owner of their pet's location. There is no monthly or annual service or subscription fees. And Bite Tag puts your privacy first. Bite Tag is truly the last pet tag you will ever need. And as an added bonus, when you use discount code RMRR15, you'll get a 15% discount off the purchase price. Pastors Todd and Kelly of Radiant Church have written a new book. I know you've heard us talk about it before, but Holy Rebel with Forward by Mario Murillo is available now in paperback, Kindle, and also in Audible. You can actually hear Pastors Todd and Kelly read the book and hear their passion and fire for this particular topic. Also, If you're interested, you can purchase a copy signed by Pastors Todd and Kelly at radchurchapparel.com, link on the screen and down below. Again, check out Holy Rebel by Todd and Kelly Hudnall. You know, we love Zach and Melissa from Redemption Squad Ministry. 
And the aim of this ministry is to bring the hope and love of Jesus Christ to a broken world, especially to areas of our community that are often overlooked. Uh, the broken, the addicted, the abused, the forgotten, the imprisoned, the homeless. They recognize that there's such a need in our community. And we're thankful that Zach and Melissa have such amazing hearts uh, that just want to speak the love and the truth of Jesus. And if you want to learn more about Redemption Squad or feel led to donate, there, of course, are links on your screen uh, in the show description below. Also, please continue to pray for Redemption Squad as they are still seeking to secure a building in order to uh, further expand the services and the things that they can offer. So again, we are proud to partner with Redemption Squad Ministry. One of the best things that you can do for yourself in the new year is to check out Valentine Comfort Shoes. Owners Sean and Amy Blake are veterans of the United States Navy, and they are also highly experienced and highly recommended from doctors across Colorado. So if you're in the area, get on down to 2415 North Union Boulevard and see Sean and Amy at Valentine Comfort Shoes. It is the best thing that you can do for your feet, your ankles, your knees, your hips, and your back. Let the experienced professionals at Valentine Comfort Shoes take care of you. If you've got a guitar player in your life, then you need to check out Wyoming Custom Guitars. These guitars are handcrafted in Wyoming by Bill Palmer, who has been playing music, writing music, singing music since 1979, and here in the last few years has been hand-building these guitars. These are a labor of love. Every guitar is carefully made, finely tuned with all the precision and care that you could expect from some of the big brand manufacturers. These guitars are one of a kind, but again, made with love and experience that you can count on. So check out Wyoming Custom Guitars, link below or on your screen if you're watching. Check them out for all your custom guitar needs. All right, welcome back. As I stated, we are going through the five-fold ministry. We're going to start with the prophets topic. And for those that don't know, because I can tell you I didn't know for a long time, what is the five-fold ministry? Well, it's actually talked about in Ephesians 4, and we're going to get into that scripture in a little bit. But basically, the five-fold is, um, let's see if I can get this right. We have prophets, we have teachers, we have apostles, we have evangelists, and we have pastors. Now, of course, I did those wrong because you can actually put those on your hand, and there is a reason for that. Um, the thumb is the apostle because it functions in all five gifts. The pointer finger is the prophet because he gives direction. The middle finger is <laughs> the longest, uh, the evangelist because he has the most reach. The ring finger is the pastor because he's married to a sheep. And the pinky finger is the teacher because he brings balance to the body of Christ. Now, I can tell you these gifts are all gifts from Jesus. They're not something you can obtain. Um, they're not the same thing as gifts of the Spirit. Those gifts are available to every believer of Jesus and are given freely by the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit deems fit. So these are totally different gifts talked about separately um, in the Bible. And they are gifts for today. Um, and it's an important part of what makes the body of Christ function properly. And each member of the body of the Christ, Jesus has a role to play. So with that being said, go. <laughs> hey, this episode is brought to you by 
This episode, the prophetic episode, the episode that you want to send to your cessationist brothers and sisters in Christ. Why? It'll hopefully get a reaction. (laughs) Fun. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We love you, people. We do. We do. Chris, why don't you jump in for us? I would love to jump in. You know, uh, we have way too much fun on this show. Uh, But but speaking of love and... I might as well start it off with a little epiphany kind of that I, that I had recently about the body of Christ. And we may talk about unity here in a minute, but I had an epiphany about, okay, I have a brother. I have a stepbrother. I have a stepsister. I have two sisters. And I had an epiphany. I think it was just a few days ago that I love them and I don't agree with them on everything. They're intelligent. They have gifts and callings. They're beautiful people. And we butt heads sometimes. But if anyone comes against them, you know, blood, they say blood's thicker than water. So I had this epiphany about the body of Christ and the brothers and sisters. And, and as we work this thing out together, like I got this new revelation of how to walk in love mm-hmm. and how to pray for one another and to realize it's okay if we don't all see eye to eye. We're still hopefully going to the same place. You know, there's some of that we just can't know. But anyway the uh the brothers and sisters so cessationist brothers and sisters tune on in we love you and we'll see if we learn something yes i know i'm gonna learn something all right well ephesians 4 you know if you're going to talk about the fivefold ministry oh by the way I, I wasn't trying to make people laugh but my dad says the thing with the hand and the teacher is uh let's see the one that gets in your ear so the pinky kind of fits in your ear that's uh-huh. an easy way to remember that one <laughs> Okay. I wasn't just making it. I wasn't making a joke again. Okay, so when when I was praying about this before uh, before we kind of came on Zoom here, um, so the Lord highlighted a word which I'll get to in a second, but uh, specifically Ephesians four ten through sixteen. Um, but I'll start with ten through twelve. So have you guys heard of uh, the phrase a twofer? I've heard yeah, that phrase. Twofer deal, yeah. like a two for yeah. one deal. So. there's a there's multiple layers here so we're going to get a twofer on this so you're going to get extra bonus that's all free too he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things i can stop there but and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Uh, I'm going to have to go further. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, I've been in Ephesians recently, thanks to uh, actually a prophetic word from a very close friend of mine who is below me on my screen, at least. And Ephesians... Uh, it's just been blowing my mind. I can't, I, I can just get in one verse and it, it's so astounding. Okay. First of all, so the purpose, so the word that God highlighted to me is purpose. And there's a purpose that has yet to be fulfilled. And the word of God says that his word will not return void, but it will fulfill its purpose. Uh, and as the rain comes down from heaven and waters the earth, it doesn't return without, uh, somebody help me out. I'm forgetting the end of that. It doesn't return, but it, it, it causes the earth to produce fruit. So God's producing fruit in us. Okay, so, so let's go through this again, and let's think about the purpose. Okay, so Jesus, who descended, is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might 
that he might fill all things. Okay, the purpose of Christ and the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit being poured out, you know, that we might do the greater things. This purpose is so huge. And Jesus submitted to the, the holy life on earth, death, even death on a cross. And he left us and he said it was going to be better because the Holy Spirit would come and be within all of us. Okay, so that's huge. And how does that play out in the next couple of verses? And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. So that's the purpose for the equipping of the saints. Well, what's that for? For the work of the ministry. Okay, so they can get a paycheck. Uh, no, it's for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To I can't even believe this is too much. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Have we, Michael, have we, have we attained this unity? Have we, have any of us come to the stature of the fullness of Christ? Uh, I got more to say, but isn't that mind-blowing? I can't even get past this. We have not okay, so, attained. Right. Okay, just reality check. Right. Okay, so that, that tells me that this purpose, it's not done yet, and the Word of God cannot be broken. And so there is still the calling. There still is the purpose of the fivefold ministry. So that's, that's just number one apparent observation. But So that was the New King James. Going over to the ESV, verse 12 says, so Ephesians 4.12 says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So that's that two for Actually, I, I, just jumping in there really quick, in my notes, I'd, I'd made it when reading that uh, section of scripture, that the fivefold ministry is there to equip the saints or believers so they can function in the spiritual gifts. So, oh, so that's, that's like a half truth there. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 Chris is highlighting a, a, a better gospel, Heath. Right. He sure is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I got a, I got a couple nuggets, but the beauty of this, I, I've just been, I have been overcome with this thought of the unity. Jesus's prayer in John 17 the unity that he's in the father, the father's in him and he's in us and we're in him. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, the enemy try to pull out all the stops to create division, but we're not going to let them because love is going to cover a multitude of sins, right? right. It's going to cover my sins. And uh, I'm all about repenting. I'm not about walking in sin. I'm all about righteousness and holiness and receiving that from Christ and walking in that and letting him sanctify me. Um, but I'm also about letting love, overcome uh, others' sins if others sin against me and, and uh, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. But this thought of Jesus, this prayer, again, it's not going to be unfulfilled. It's going to be fulfilled. And so my, my prayers have been recently, God, how is this going to happen? Okay, so God's been speaking the purpose of the fivefold ministry. He's been speaking discipleship. Mm. And uh, I know you guys can can uh, chime in on some of that stuff. And I don't know if I'm going to get to some of these other scriptures right now, but the unity thing. Okay. The, un the unity thing. Help me, Lord. I, I desire this so badly. I desire it so badly that I'm willing to die to myself daily and, and lay things down that I know are right. 
and and God uses again people. It actually was Lily. I don't know, it was maybe a couple months ago that spoke this word to me about uh, God had more for me, and that maybe I'm that that was uh, maybe tied in with something else, but that I was to be in Ephesians. And I'm just here to testify that 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 was true. And even tonight, it's bearing fruit, Lily. The Holy Spirit speaking through you. Um, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let that go for now, and I, I'd love to get some feedback from you guys. So I'm gonna jump in here because Chris, you okay? Two two thoughts jump out at me. Let's go let's go to the head and work our way down. It was he, Jesus. That's the he there. It was he who gave some. If you find yourself desiring to serve Jesus, and and not only that, but you find yourself being called by him. To a certain, um, I don't know, maybe you're called to be a pastor, maybe you're called to be uh, an evangelist, maybe you find yourself operating in the prophetic, but if, if, if the Lord hands you an office one day, it was his idea, it was his idea to send you for you to pour out your life for the church. Um, well, we need to make that really clear. These, these offices are his idea. The full function of these offices, especially the prophet, especially the apostle, because those are foundational, foundational gifts, foundational gifts and anointings, callings, offices. These are foundational. That means they are a deeper service to the body. Okay. And then I want to, but that is all Jesus's idea though. Uh, in other places, in Corinthians 12, we see another ranking of the fivefold. I believe it's Corinthians 12. It might be Corinthians 14. But, uh, uh, and then to another point that awesome Chris made, he talked about um, operating in uh, forgiveness. Operating Now, what's amazing about what you mentioned about that, Chris, is like when we operate in forgiveness, which is not easy, we are setting room. We are giving God the room and the ability because we're not holding on to anything anymore. We're giving him the ability to operate not only in the person's life that we forgave, but in ours also. And so uh, all of us here at Waymaker and RMRR highly recommend you let all of it go to God so that the person that you're holding that grudge against, they have the opportunity for God to work in their life. And you have the opportunity to be free and for God to work in your life. Because you're stopping all that. If you're holding the grudge, if you're not forgiving, you're stopping all that. And now, obviously, we know it's some of these things that have happened to us are really hard. Some of the things that have happened to you, the listener and the watcher, are really hard. And you might need some counsel on that. You might need to go to your pastor about that. But why I'm saying all that is that Chris Chris alluded to it, and I wanted to push that through. If you want to operate in the prophetic, you need to be a forgiver. If you want to be a prophet, you need to forgive faster than you pray. <laughs> Because, because it'll ruin your intimacy with Jesus. It'll mess up. He will be telling you one thing, forgive them. That he'll be telling you that first. And then he'll, and then he'll move you into the word of knowledge he has for you for that person or, uh, 
uh, word of wisdom or or an identity word or uh, an anointing you're supposed to go and and touch the friend with from from church or what have you. So Heath, back to you or Lily, if you have Actually, any thoughts, Lily, chime in. So there's this quote about unforgiveness that says it's like taking poison but expecting the other person to die. It's like you yourself taking poison but expecting the other person to die. I remember on July 6th this past year, God told me that if you don't forgive Link, I'm not going to say the person's name, if you don't forgive this person, then it will kill you. It will kill you quickly and brutally and soon before your time. And he showed me how my heart would rupture if I went through the things I was about to go through, the trials I was about to go through without having forgiven what had already happened. But a few days after I finally let go of that record of wrongs is when I stepped into my prophetic ministry. It's when I started hearing God's voice every day. Before it was about once a month. That was the first time I heard God's voice in about a month. It had been a long time. And I knew that it was God because I could never say something like that to myself. In fact, I tried to deny it when it was said to me by Him because I didn't want to let go. But you have to. You have to in order to attain something else, something that's far greater. You can't leave anything in your grasp that's not meant to be there because these two things, they don't collide. They don't mix. What God has for you and what you have for yourself is two very different things. And I was reminded of another verse Many times I hear people talk about desiring for ministry, desiring for um, other people's anointing, and desiring for God to use them. But here's the thing, God's the giver of that desire. That's not something we could have on our own. It goes so against our nature to desire to be a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher or an apostle. That's not something we could possibly desire on our own. And Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. I also go. want to say that in the context of another scripture right before this is Philippians 1 6, where I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And then think about God being the author, the beginning, and the finisher of our faith. Think about that in Philippians 2.13. He who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose, he will finish what he starts. He will finish that work of desire, that work of love for his ministry and for his people, because that's not something we can have on our own. And he won't let it return void, because Isaiah 55.11 says so. That is so good. That is so good. You know, as you were talking, I was sitting here thinking, you know, um, Waymaker actually this past week started um, a series on spiritual gifts. And, and those are the things that that Paul tells us, you know, hey, we should long for, desire these things. Um, and, and as we're talking about giftings, um, you know, and especially the, the, the fivefold gifts from Jesus, you know, the, the whole point of forgiveness and getting your heart and your mind straight and and changing your focus and putting, you know, more of him and less of you into place um, really ties into um, what it says at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, and yet I'm going to show you a better way. And, and 1 Corinthians 13 is all about love. 
And really it's, it's our love for God and our love for, for fellow humans that allow us to have a deeper connection with God, to act more like Jesus, to better operate in these gifts that, that then allows us to open ourselves up more for, for something like a, a prophetic calling on your life. Um, you know, obviously God's already said, Hey, this person I want to use for this, but it's, it's when we start to open ourselves up to the possibility of operating out of a place of love and forgiveness and kindness and compassion and empathy that really helps us to, to act more like, you know, Jesus on earth here um, towards everyone else to, to, I think, give us a little more ability to operate in, in a, in a calling that then, you know, Jesus said, Hey, I'm going to use this person for this. Um, and I'm so going to jump in. Go ahead. Okay. We need to, we need to advise the listener and the watcher of one thing. We're not talking about something additional when we're talking about the fivefold ministry and we're talking about the office of the prophet. And I'm going to talk specifically right now to the office of the prophet, not the prophetic. Right. Okay. I'm not, I'm not about to act like I put it on, on my own will, and now I'm a prophet, and I'm going to bounce around, and I'm going to go talk to people. We're going to go see if their hair starts on fire. No, 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 no. This is of God. This, at least in my circumstance, no one could have told me otherwise. Right. No one. Not my mentor, not my pastor, not my parents, not my friends. No one. I had no shelving for it. I had no belief system for this. He told me in a two-week repeating vision and dream. Vision in the day, dream at night. And it, only when I turned and looked at this marquee on my forehead, inside my forehead, it said, Michael, comma, you are my prophet. And my was the biggest word. So it was very possessive and loving. And then when I read that, I was shown scenes throughout all my life and not only scenes, but words people have said all my life that were seed words, things that they said, like my Sunday school teacher when I was really little, like my parents, like a few weeks ago, like my mentor, like, you know, a moment ago, or at the very beginning when he was talking to me, okay, it was a capstone work. Only God could have told me that only God would convince me of that. And immediately after he had appointments for me to do. Oh, and by the way, these weren't peachy. These weren't easy. These were fiery. I felt like strongly, I felt strongly that if I did not give these words to these people, these individuals, exactly how God wanted me to give them the fire and the power of this, or God himself was going to kill me. I thought I was going to die. For the first, like, 30, okay, I, I, here's a scripture. This isn't something you put on. This is put on you. This is, this, is, this is in accordance to an inner gearing that only God could have geared in you from your very making in your mom's womb, okay? And I want to say this. This is a gearing in the flesh, and then God sanctifies the flesh. This is a process Prophets aren't just, uh, in fact, I'm thinking in the Bible, I'm pretty sure every prophet does, isn't a young one. I could be wrong. 
Unless it's Jeremiah. Is Jeremiah young? Samuel. Sam, but he has a growing process. Yeah, he does. I'm but saying I think I think I had young prophetic. Yeah. I was moving to the prophetic young, but the office didn't come till like I think I was. Let's see, I'm 31. I was 26, and I had no idea I was anything like this. All I knew is I was having a different Christian experience than anyone around me. Okay, so I might be wrong on young prophets, but when they get into ministry, God's done some stuff, and then they and then they get started in ministry by God. By the way, okay, I, I let, let me real, jump in real, real quick. Okay, Jeremiah, I don't know how young he was, but it says in Jeremiah chapter one that he was a priest. Um, let's see, the son of Hilkiah of the priests who were maybe his father was a priest. I'm not sure about that, but he was in the priestly lineage, so there was some groundwork. And yes, he was called sanctification work and watching his dad being a priest, being around that lifestyle, watching his dad serve God, maybe faithfully, maybe not so faithfully, maybe seeing the imperfections. Okay. My dad was a music pastor in a denomination. Okay. I watched my dad do musical excellence all the time. My dad knew all the parts for all the instruments. And this was in the day when you still did the orchestra and stuff. Okay. Here's, here's the scripture. I want to highlight this. You can ask for this. In fact, one prayer I used to ask was, ask God, God, I want to hear your voice. I not only want to hear your voice, I want to hear what your voice sounds like. I want to hear, I want to hear like the, the rumble in your throat. I want to hear your vocal cords. I want to hear your voice. What do you sound like, God? Surely you sound like something. You're real. I know you're real. I want to hear what you sound like. Okay. Acts 17, verse 28. We're going to look at a phrase out of the NIV. For in him, Jesus, we live and move and have our being. So in Jesus, we live and we move around in him, in him, and have our being. And we in him have our being. Has that port have those three uh, words in that text ever been highlighted to any of you guys? Yeah. Have our being. You don't have your being until you're in Jesus. Guaranteed. You won't know about who you are. You won't have your being. You won't move around in your true being. You won't speak out of your true being. You won't drive the car out of your true being. You won't be a married spouse out of your true being if you're not in Jesus. You won't be a prophet out of your true being. Do you get the that's this isn't just us. This is this is so much grace. This is so much sanctification over a period of time. This is so much um God getting the ability to even trust you, dare I say, with with these things he would have you act as such a ambassador of him that you would be given eternal words from the throne of God. We're going to die guys. This body, it's going to wear out. It's going to die. But we get an opportunity in this time that we live to touch eternity, to touch the eternal God's words that he would have us serve him with and give to others. Wow.
I mentioned in the Waymaker podcast episode that the prophet's prayer says, I want to speak your word, God. But before a prophet can say this, they kind of have to say, but Michael just said he prayed. I want to hear your voice, Lord. Prophets are known to be the mouth of God, but just as much, if not more, the prophets are God's listeners. They can't be the mouthpiece of God without being God's listeners. And I want to say a few scriptures that also indicate a point that we've been really building this whole episode. Episode Verses Exodus 7, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I will make you as God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. And then in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1. Chapter 1 and starting, oh shoot, let me see where I'll start. Yeah, verse 2. It happened at that time as Eli was lying down in his place, now his eyesight had begun to grow dim and he could not see well, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Samuel was lying in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. So Samuel was close to him. That the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He said, Here I am again. He said, I did not call. Oh, wait, Eli said, sorry, I skipped a line. Um, Eli said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and laid down. The Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he answered, I did not call my son, lie down. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. But the Lord called Samuel again for the third time, and he arose and went to Eli, still thinking as a human voice, and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you. Again, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Before he became God's mouthpiece, he had to listen. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. In his place, there's a meekness before this role is given to him. Then the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak for your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hear it will tingle. And I'm sorry, that is actually 1 Samuel 3. I got uh, scriptures messed up. But I also want to read Jeremiah chapter 1. Hey, Louie, before you go to that one, mm-hmm. watch this. Guys, I heard this today. A goal of a prophetic ministry to the scriptures Lily just read, to the point of them, a goal of prophetic ministry is to fully, fully embrace the Father. Wow. Amen. Keep going there, Lily. Okay, Jeremiah 1, verses 4 through 9. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to me. Every single time it says, the word of the Lord came to me. Samuel didn't say, here I am, before God called him. Aaron didn't say, I will be a prophet to my brother, before God called him. That wasn't a desire he had in his heart before it was spoken over him to him, into his being. 
Playing with Jeremiah 1, verses 4 through 9. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you as prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Before we consecrate ourselves, God consecrates us. Before we knew ourselves and were aware of our own existence, he knew us. Before we found our weaknesses, God found us and made himself our strength. I have more scripture. Isaiah 6, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Again, it's God's voice first. It's God's voice first that calls us. Fully embrace the Father. We we wouldn't know how to call out to him if we didn't know that he's been calling out to us. Long before I called out to him and first heard his voice and recognized hearing his voice, I knew he had been calling out to my spirit. I knew it. I didn't recognize it. Before I even recognized his voice, he was calling out to me. Before I called out to him, he called out to me. But Isaiah 6, verses 8 through 9, it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Allusion to the Trinity. Then I said, Here I am, send me. He said, Go and tell this people, Keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Here Isaiah said, Here I am. Again, just like all the other prophets, and God sent him saying, go, with this warning about the oncoming destruction of Israel. I also want to talk briefly about the underlying prophetic message in the numbers of the book of Isaiah. The first 39 chapters of this book mirror the Old Testament, which happens to have 39 books. It shows so much tension between heaven and earth. Men have to sacrifice their way into becoming one with heaven. Just like how the first 39 chapters of Isaiah are full of rebukes and conflicts and conviction. But the last 27 chapters and the last 27 books of the Bible, which is the entirety of the New Testament, tell about redemption and God's faithfulness to his people through it all. It's an underlying prophecy in that book for the entirety of scripture. But before Isaiah was God's mouthpiece, before he wrote a single word down, he said, here I am. And before he said, here I am, he called, God called him. He placed that desire in his heart. He placed that, he placed him in his office, sat him down at the desk, put his name tag on the desk, on those little plaques that say it's his. He places you where you're meant to be, where you're meant to work. What do you guys think about that? All right, Shime in. Go for it. This is so beautiful, Lily. Two scriptures that you read. Okay, I was kind of sputtering out sentence fragments and lighting things on fire, but there's there's another fire that might... Michael was talking about Jeremiah 20 verse nine. Um, So, but if I say, I will not mention his word 
So this is Jeremiah talking about when he gets, when he hears, God yeah. has called him to this thing. He, God has made him this thing that you're talking about. God has ordained him. He's called him. Um, I, if he says, I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, then his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Okay, so the more the Holy Spirit comes, the more his word is coming alive. And the, the living word, the word made flesh, is coming into this broadcast and reminding me of things. And even like my, my flesh through, through this veil, I have trouble seeing these things. But as I'm in the presence of the body of Christ, where two or three are gathered, there he is in our midst. Okay, so, so you read <clears throat> Exodus 7, verse 1. So the mm -hmm. Lord said, Moses, see, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. And then when you said that, Holy Spirit hit me. Okay, so you guys know me as Chris. My first name, that's my middle name. My first name is Aaron Christopher Como. Aaron Christopher. And the Lord spoke to me a while back. One of the first kind of prophetic things that I heard the Lord say, and I didn't really even know what it meant at the time. Um, but Aaron means priest of God because of that verse in Exodus 7.1. Aaron mm -hmm. means priest of God, and Christopher means Christ bearer. And so I've been going by Christopher since third grade, and that's a long story I won't get into. But the Lord basically spoke to me, and he said, before you can be a Christ bearer, you need to, you need to be a priest of God before you can be a Christ bearer. And so, so here I am, 45 years old, and uh, my wife and I and um, friends have, have led a lot of worship. We've ministered unto the Lord. We've been a priest unto the Lord. And I find myself, and I'm just testifying to some prophetic stuff that the Lord is doing in that it's a testimony of how he sets people apart and calls them according to his purpose. Okay, so this blew my mind, but I'm seeing this now and it's coming and it's unfolding. And there's a few more scriptures that I got to share. But I'm seeing this like he, even in my own life, he allowed me, he blessed me with the, the ability to be a priest of God and to go into incredibly deep places of worship that I'm, I'm so thankful for. And I know it has nothing to do with me, uh, only just his grace and, and this path that he's had me on. But he has me transitioning into this Christ bearer. Okay, so the Christ bearer, um, man, there's, there's several scriptures that are so good. Okay, then you read, then you went to Jeremiah in verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah 1, five. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Okay, so it blows me away that God has stamped these things on my life. Uh, there's other things like my birth date and the numbers there and the scriptures and the Psalms and how that ties in and prophetic stuff. And it ties in with revival, but I can't get into that right now. But it is pretty cool uh, to see these things, these stamps of God's calling on my life that I just cannot make up. Okay, so in order to be, so this Christ bearer, I think the last, maybe the last scripture, it's in Revelation, I don't have the actual reference, but in the book of Revelation, it says, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So when that fire comes, so when we go from the priest, and that also ties into Jeremiah, we're talking, that just came up, I never thought of that before, it's just layer upon layer upon layer. Michael, uh, we were talking about that a minute ago. So this priestly background, so that was Jeremiah's path, this lineage. And my dad happened to be a pastor as well. 
And, uh, and so I had, I had that in me and I did rebel and God got a hold of me when I was 17, 17. Um, but in order to be a Christ bearer, so to bear Christ, to bear the image of Christ, to bear the word of Christ, if he's the word made flesh, if we're going to bear Christ, uh, that means to be a proclaimer, like my understanding of it, limited understanding of, of that name that I've looked into, uh, to bear Christ means to resemble him, to be uh, an ambassador, to speak his word. I love that my dad, mom and dad named me that. It, it's just incredible. Um, yeah, buddy. So the fire, yeah. <laughs> the, the fire, I, I got to keep going because the fire, the fire keeps going. All right. So in Amos, um, there you go. Amos, Say it. Amos three, Amos three, seven. Yeah. God, God does nothing but what he first reveals to his servants, the nothing. prophets. Nothing. So how, he's, how is he going to move unless, and there's no caveat about what dispensation or what covenant. He does nothing except for what he first reveals to his servants, the prophets. And he's revealed that in the scripture, uh, but it keeps unfolding and unfolding. And as we know, as the Lord speaks and as we're listening, he can speak one word. And it can unfold and unfold and unfold. And I could talk about the word apothecary. That is one, but I'm not going to. But the word apothecary is huge. It ties in with the crazy pandemic on, on the, well, the pure side. It's in Exodus. Um, and it's, it's those who are called to create this beautiful fragrance for the Lord. And that's that priestly thing. Anyway, apothecary, that's one word that the Lord spoke to me literally on top of a mountain, and it just keeps unfolding in the meaning of it, and, and maybe I'll save that for another time. But one word can keep unfolding. So when the Lord speaks something and we try to hold it in, okay, there's several levels. There's the, the level we're talking about today of the office of the prophet, but it also said, it goes on to say in the next verse, Amos 3, 8, a lion has roared, who, who will not fear? The Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Okay, when the presence of the Lord pours, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, even people like Saul who are in rebellion, who have some pretty big chinks in their armor spiritually, even they prophesy. But when, uh, when someone who is called to the office of a prophet is given a word, and it's not from them, and we see what it does, we see, you know, if, okay, so we got to go there. So 1 Corinthians 14 um maybe that's not exactly uh yeah 14 okay 29 through 31 let two or three so this is paul talking to the corinthians who were a little bit leaning toward the uh charismatic side and letting the gifts flow from what i understand um and so he's given them some, them some direction so this is the apostle paul speaking to the church in in corinth verse 29 let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Okay, so prophets. So these maybe these are actual people in the office of prophet. Let's see what else it says. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent, for you can all, you can all prophesy one by one. That here's this word again, this purpose word, that all may learn and may be encouraged. Okay, so uh, let's see. So when it says in verse 29, let the others judge, okay, when we're judging, when a prophetic word comes, 
is it is it blessing the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it someone who is bearing the image of Christ? Is it is the spirit of um, prophecy? Is it prophesying about the testimony of Jesus Christ? Is it pointing to the Savior? Is it pointing to redemption? Is it pointing to sin and the answer for sin being the cross? Uh, and if it is, that's a very good sign that it's from the Lord. Okay. Well, um, well the ones weighing carefully would be weighing not only the image of Christ in the scriptures, but the scriptures themselves. They would be they would absolutely, be weighing absolutely. according to the written word as the spoken word comes. Absolutely, absolutely. And and when the Holy Spirit is there, like He's here right now, He is going. He's going to reveal it. If you have the Holy Spirit, it, it's going to bear. It, he is going to bear witness within within you of, of the truth of Scripture. Um, mm. But this purpose word in verse 31, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Okay, if it's teaching us of the character of Christ, if it's teaching us line upon line, if it's putting things together, if it's bringing revelation and it's encouraging the body of Christ, that's another very strong sign that it's from the Lord. Okay, I think that's most of what I had, unless I go back to Ephesians 4. As long as I'm talking, should I should I hit the rest of the Ephesians 4, Heath? Go for it. Hey, real quick, did you guys see how all can learn and all may be encouraged? Mm -hmm. Huh. It's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. Wow. The, what, a, what an idea that all could like practice the gift and learn something about it and all be encouraged. Wow, what a... Yeah. What a loving idea. It goes back to that passage, all are called, but few are chosen. So all are called to operate in the gift. Perhaps you're not chosen for the office of it, but you're called to be wow. encouraged and to encourage. That is a beautiful aspect of. We pray chosen. in Jesus wow. name. We're all in agreement on this prayer in Jesus name that the church would allow the prophets to practice. And to be encouraged. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's a, for a beautiful, it's for a beautiful thing. It's for equipping. It's for building up. Okay. And what else is it for? Back to uh, Ephesians. Back to, I'm back sorry. to Ephesians. Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. Before we go back to Ephesians, I just, there's been something that recently became very heavy on my heart. Not, not in a discouraging way, but just a pressing need to say this way. <laughs> Um, I wanted to share first John 4 16 and John 14 6 with you guys and make a connection. First John 4 16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us, for God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Mm. John 14 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's the basis of that scripture. But um, God calls himself the truth, and God calls himself love. Many people speak the truth hate, hatefully, and many people lie in love, thinking that it's good and protective and better that way to just deceive one another in love. But God is both the truth and the love. These two things are inseparable. So when you are a prophet, when you are his mouthpiece, you cannot operate in that gift without love. And you cannot operate in that gift without truth because you are God's mouthpiece. I also want to go back to 1 Corinthians 13. One of the love, one of the things that love does and one of the things that love doesn't 
it doesn't keep a record of wrongs. So this goes back to the forgiveness thing. Why does a prophet have to be merciful? Because they have to be loving. Why do they have to be loving? Because they also have to be truthful. Why do they have to be both those things? Because God is, and they're being his mouthpiece. So I wanted to make that point before you proceed, Chris. <laughs> That's beautiful. That that sets up the rest of this passage in Ephesians 4. Um, so I'll hit verse 13 again through 16. Until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine. Okay, so, so the fivefold ministry helps us from being deceived. Um, okay, uh, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness. Uh, Michael, you're talking about this isn't, these things came from the Lord. Only the Lord could speak these things. They're not from your brain. You're a smart guy. I know. You know the word very well. And a lot of that anointing is from the Lord. <laughs> Maybe it's just real-time download, downloads from, from the Lord. But, but so this craftiness, you know, this is a different thing than the Lord speaking through his, his fivefold ministers. Um, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Okay, so the prayer of Jesus Christ, and there's one more verse, but the prayer of Jesus Christ, the high priestly prayer in John 17, um, that he's in the Father, the Father's in him, and that we would be, uh, he would be in us and we would be in him. Okay, so this ties into that. So we, not only are we attached to the head, not only are we getting these messages from the head, who is Christ, down to us, and I kind of think about, uh, these these uh, signals like from our brain, our physical brain and a human body that goes out to the different members. Like if that's disconnected, Lily, if we're not hearing that, like you were saying, if we're not hearing that, then we're not going to be functioning. But we're supposed to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So that's, that's one way that we're in him. Um, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint. Let's see, from the whole body from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint, that's everyone ministering one to another, by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Oh, love, there's a greater way. Let me show you, let me show you a higher way, a better way. Oh, this love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, okay, so the unity thing. Should I go there, Lord? Do yeah. it. Okay, we're not, so the, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bring we're gonna bring it full circle. We're gonna bring it full circle, and then Heath, I'm gonna ask you to chime in on Ephesians four if you don't mind. Um, okay, so one time I was in a prayer meeting. It, uh, I think it was even during the day. I think I even took off work, and I was there at Radiant Church, and I think it was on a Tuesday, maybe noon. Uh, I can't remember. It's been a little bit, um, and I heard the price of your freedom is unity. And I'm just going to confess, I was harboring bitterness. And so the Lord is speaking to me about unity. And this has been not quite a year ago. Uh, and then I, I, don't, I don't have time to really go into the whole story. But that was a beautiful thing. I was like, wow, Lord, what, what freedom do I need? And that goes back to like releasing it that we were talking about Lily earlier, releasing that forgiveness. And Michael, I think you were chiming in too about how that, that releases God to work in our lives and it releases the other person. Uh, and it creates 
the forgiveness. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give props to Pastor Todd Hudnall who has talked about um, in the Break Free series. He talks about paying down the debt of forgiveness. So when people have have hurt us, you know, there's biblical protocol for what we should do. Go to them, try to make it right, reconciliation, and uh, as far as it has to do with us, get along with all men, things like that. Um, but even if even if that doesn't happen, we can pay down. Pastor Todd had this insight, not. I think it was original to him uh, of paying this idea of paying down the debt of forgiveness. And it's just a word picture for every time we think of that person, we bless them, we pray for them. And it's, it's like this, this debt thing that's really in our mind. And we've been forgiven so much that this is nothing. You know, there's a parable about that. Uh, the, the servant that was forgiven, you know, who knows millions of dollars. And then he was choking his fellow servant that owed him hundred bucks or something. Uh, so that's, that's a picture of us. But, you know, we have this hundred dollars. We're like, I really want my hundred bucks. We, we, we love them and we pray for them. And I've seen this in my own life with people that, that I feel have, have wronged me. And, you know, if I can go to them, I have, if, if I can't, I don't, uh, or at least haven't yet or hasn't allowed yet, but I've seen that it's, it's come. It even came so much, probably the person who might be at the top of that list. I can kind of laugh about it now. I had a dream just a couple nights ago that I saw, uh, it, it was a couple people and I saw them and I was loving on them. And we were, <laughs> we were laughing together and I can't believe it. Uh, it's just such a beautiful thing. Okay. So this is the unity. I just think it's on the, the Lord's heart, the purpose of unity and uh, the end goal of love, because love remains. Keith? Well, I there's so many things that I want to try to jump back and, and touch on a little bit that you guys have, have brought forward so far. You're talking about unity, and I guess the first thing that came to my mind when you started that conversation was 1 Corinthians 12, um, verse 26, where it starts talking about the fact that... Um, well, actually, let me just pull it up and read it. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. I think that's an important reminder of of the fact that we should, as the body of Christ, be functioning together as as one cohesive unit. You know, it talks earlier in this chapter about you know each each part of the body having a purpose. But when we come together and unify in in one direction under you know Jesus' leadership and direction. Um, the, the the unity component is so important and so that that verse just jumped out right away to me um and then as lily took us to to first john 4 um I, immediately verse 18 through 21 popped out you know about having no there's no fear in love and so when we're operating um in a spiritual gifts like the prophetic or when we're operating out of a prophetic office um there is no room for us to have fear when it comes to giving a word or speaking a word that the lord has given us um it, we're we're to we're to speak boldly with love and in truth the word that he's given and to not have fear about how you know i got a word for lily how she's going to react to it or what she's going to say or what she's going to think of me you know because i've never talked to lily about having you know words of things before so she doesn't know that about me so i don't need to be fearful um, when I, when I give that word, my job is to execute the word that's been given. God says to sit on it. You sit on it. God says to give it, you give it and you don't do it in fear. And I can tell you, um, from personal experience that when you sit on something, he said, do it now. Then here comes a, it's almost like for me anyway, it's almost like a, you're kind of being smashed by the Holy Spirit a little bit. It's like, come on, come on. Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? 
come on. And that does not go away until you step up and do it. Um, I remember the first time that happened, the Holy Spirit said, hey, go go pray for, for Sean Blake. And, and Sean's one of our, you know, prayer intercessors and this amazing prayer warrior. And so I'm like, okay, really? Are you sure you got the right guy? Like, I, I don't need to go pray for Sean. Like, come on, this is just me. Like, I'm, I'm definitely not on the same caliber of prayer as Sean, but the Holy Spirit was like, go, go. And I was like, no, I really didn't go. And it like, it, it did not stop until I was like, okay, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And it kept going until I actually laid a hand on Sean and started praying for him. Like it then subsided. So again, that that fear is going to stand in the way. And so if you're if you're operating out of a true place of love, and you know um, obedience to the Lord, then you're just going to get up and you're going to do it if He says go do it. Um, and, and so again, I wanted to touch on that. And then coming back to um, we've talked about so many amazing things tonight. I am just thanking god right now for the incredible bit of information in today's show um because there's a ton of it you know going back through um i I think michael said something earlier you know these these definitely and i think even lily talked about it as well that these these gifts are preordained you know before and i think chris you mentioned it too i think all of us have kind of talked on it at some point that that these that these gifts from the fivefold ministry are specifically from the Lord Himself. They're, you know, they're not something that you just you can earn. They're not something that you can attain in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, whereas whereas the spiritual gifts that you know they're talking about a waymaker. You know, we can desire those things. We can we can pray for those things. And certainly, you know, the Lord is is has blessed us with certain certain gifts that we can operate in in that in that regard but these are a totally different totally different level um that really as i as i did my research are kind of there to help equip the rest of the body to carry out the great commission you know the the job of the fivefold ministry is really to 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 guide direct teach you know to carry out the the will of god here on earth disciple right exactly so it's it's those those key folks that have that um that have that gift from god to 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 lead through a discipleship format yes thank you um to to equip to to carry out the functioning as it needs to happen whatever whatever god needs that to be whether it's revival whether it's evangelism whether it's just building up the body, whether it's leading the body, whether it is, you know, through through the prophetic to to guide and direct and to give word and and to help navigate um, those those people functioning in that fivefold are crucial for the healthy operation of the church, at least in my opinion, from my studies. What yes. are you thinking? What are you thinking? I see your face. <laughs> Which face are you seeing? You, you, you Michael. You, Michael. Oh. <laughs> I always feel like somebody's watching me. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, okay, a couple things. Um, let, let's talk a smidge more about the function of the Office of the Prophet. Just a yes. smidge more. Uh, we're going to also do that uh, by looking at Jesus and a, a few things he said, a few prophecies he prophesied. Um. We need to touch on the discipleship aspect. Um, Elijah was told in a darker place in his life, but was still told to go down and anoint Elisha along with two other kings. Uh, one of them was Jehu. 
And and he did that. Um, Elisha was excited to go with Elijah and learn um, and receive from him immensely later on also. Um, Jesus tells the disciples, uh, well, the disciples ask him, um, Jesus, why are you speaking in all these parables? Um, I mean, you're not telling uh, the people you're preaching to the meaning of your stories. And you got a lot of them, Jesus. And what, what are we to do with all this? And he goes, these, these people need the parables. You guys are allowed to have the secrets of the kingdom. And you guys are allowed that it was it's proximity. The twelve were told that, not even not even the seventy two. Now they were they were closer in proximity than you know I don't know maybe the five thousand or the four thousand. Um, the Lord fed miraculously with loads of extras, but I say that because within discipleship, uh, especially God honoring, God centered discipleship relationship you guys will be receiving uh secrets from jesus um and the prophet is discipling uh most likely i can see why you wouldn't always get a prophet you know but but the prophet is most likely um duplicating prophets um uh the apostle is most likely duplicating apostles um uh, they, you know, here's another, it's kind of fun knowing that, uh, Jesus's brothers, Jude and Jacob or James, uh, they were, James was a leader in the, uh, church in Jerusalem and Jude historically is also, uh, classified as an apostle. What's interesting about that is these are his brothers who didn't believe until after their brother died and rose from the dead. <laughs> mm. They were they were on the heckling party. They didn't. They were not with uh, Peter and uh, John and James and the rest. Um, so proximity and discipleship and bringing up the next generation. Okay, I want to look at um, I want to look at some things Jesus said. Who was who was just talking about um, the love factor of like the prophet? Who who was just talking about this? Well, I did. Lily did. We all kind of have. Okay, because Lily. because let's look at uh, Matthew. If you all want to turn to uh, with me, Matthew twenty three thirty seven. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you see, until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So he then goes into a prophecy about uh, the temple. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? Jesus asked. I tell you the truth. Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Uh, let me see if I'm going to stop there. 
you know, let's keep going. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Ooh, came to him privately. That's interesting. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. All these are the beginning of birth pains. You know what, guys? This is so informative to us in these days. I have to keep going. I have one quick point, though, that, um, okay, so can someone help me out? Off the top of my head, what's the scripture that says um, we prophesy in part and we know in part? That's First Corinthians 13, the very end. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Of course, I should have known as 13. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Jesus is showing his part. See, Jesus is the perfect example of a prophet. He is showing here that he has the best part. He has all the parts. He's about to give us, he's about to give present and future Christians united in him a big old breakdown. Previously to this and previously to the Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who uh, sent to you before that, he's ta- he's really addressing the religious problem the pharisees and then he then he accuses them then then he rightfully puts on them the blood uh everyone from abel to the blood of zechariah and abarakiah whom you murdered between the temple and the altar i tell you the truth all this will come upon this generation so not only is the truest prophet messiah not only is he messiah Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm remembering what I, <laughs> what I was trying to say here. Not only is he Messiah, he's the perfect example of the best prophet. He broke down scripture. So he's uniting Logos, a right interpretation of Logos, accurate accusation to the Pharisees, and whose blood is on their hands. He just said all the blood in the whole Bible is on their hands. And it's true because they were about to kill him anyway. Okay. Okay, then he goes into the future, and it starts out with love. We were just talking about how you give a word in love. You give a word in seeing them from love, and look at look at how he cherishes Jerusalem. Look at how he presents himself as their savior from what he predicts. I'm going to reread this. He presents himself as the savior, the, the mother hen bringing in Jerusalem to save them from what general Titus would come in and do 70 years later. Okay. By the way, general Titus did come in and fulfill Jesus's prophecy about the entire, uh, uh, prophesied area being every stone being off the, the next one, every stone to be turned over. There'll be no stones, none, no stones attached to another. And what happened historically is the Romans lit everything on fire and the gold in the temple dripped, got hot in this big stone building and the, and the gold dripped down into all the cracks of these stones. And so what did these soldiers, uh, what were they allowed to go do? Go get the gold. And so they, they unturn, they turn over 
every stone to get a payday. So look at how what Jesus said happened 70 years later. Okay, I'm going to redo the love portion of Jesus's uh, plea with his cousins and brothers and sisters. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house is left to look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you see say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Okay. I think for the service of the church we need to read uh, continue what where Jesus is t- addressing all of us. Okay, I'm going to reread this part. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him, calls attention to the building. So like, wow, what, this architecture is amazing, Jesus. And he goes, do you see all these things? He asked, I tell you the truth. Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. And Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives. The disciples just came to him privately. Tell us, they said. When will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars, rumors of wars, but but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. Don't take it personally. Because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray. That word is from some of you. Guys, if you're loving Jesus, you're going to exude it. Not everyone will like you for it. But look at what Jesus just said, because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Whoa! Hey, guys, doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah. We've been seeing some people turn away from the faith in our day. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets. Wow. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. I want to I want to touch on this. A trait of a false prophet is to deceive people. Meaning, you are going to actively deceive people away from Christ. So if Christ is the head, which he is, okay, a prophet should be an intimacy elevator right into the head. If you're a toenail, here's the prophet. Intimacy elevator right up into the head. Okay? You're getting a first-class trip in the intimacy elevator right to a meeting with Jesus, the voice of God. Okay? Now, okay, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. You know, that just reminds me of that scripture of the talents and the minas. Yeah. The, the guy who just buried the one talent, the guy who was given one talent, the guy who was given one mina, they bury their mina and their talent. They were supposed to invest it. They were supposed to be bold. And yet to the fearful, wicked, it's the same wicked word here. Your evil, you evil and wicked servant. And here it says wicked. Because of an increase of fear or wickedness, 
the love, see, because it love, the love of most will grow cold. Fear, wickedness. They're bearing what they were given from God. So it grows cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. This has been a cry of our church, really. The church leadership, they've been saying, hey, let's, we're going to stand firm. We're going to go against the tide here of people growing cold, uh, of falseness. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Wow. And then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, that's a hyperlink right there. Let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down. So I just want to let you know, we have now moved from our day. I'm saying, I'm going to say this prophetically. We just went through a breakdown of our day, probably right in the middle of 24. Well, more towards the beginning of 24. Now we're going into something that we have not yet experienced yet, but Jesus is calling it from 2030 years ago. <laughs> 30, 20, 2023 years ago. Sorry. Sorry, Jesus. Seven years plus. Okay. I'm So I'm going to stop there. Since he moved into a place of the future that may or may not be nearby, we're going to, we're going to, let the present word of Matthew 24 hit us and Heath, I'll give it back to you. Actually, I was going to pass it to Lily because it looked like she had something. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just so many points you guys have made that I really wanted to touch on. And I've been trying to note everything. Michael, you spoke on how the parables of Christ were only understood by few. And Chris, you also reminded me of this passage because you spoke in a metaphor of a hundred dollars being stolen from you. Before I get into this, I wanted to talk about two Greek words that are actually very closely related. Prophetess means one who speaks forth, and poetess means one who expresses. And these are the words for prophet and one and word for pro shoot, poet. I wanted to read 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 9 to you guys and just make a connection to what I'm saying. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a great many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he bought and nourished. It grew up together with him and his children. It would eat of his bread and drink of his cup and lie in his bosom, and was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take from his own flock or his own herd to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him. Rather, he took the poor man's ewe lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. David's anger burned greatly against the man by this metaphor. He said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, surely the man who has done this deserves to die, and he must make restitution for the, ram for the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and had no compassion. Nathan then said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, it is I who anointed you king over Israel, it is I who delivered you from the hand of Saul. I also gave you your master's house and your master's wives your care into your care, and I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have added many more things to you like these. Why have you despised the word of the Lord by doing evil in his sight? 
Nathan spoke in a metaphorical prophecy to King David, knowing that this is how the king would accept the truth as being spoken to him. The word of God may be a foreign language until your ears are made to hear. Ears are made to hear and hearts are made receptive by the work of God himself and God's use of his mouthpieces. Often I'll receive a word and perhaps a person may not understand. Then I approach it in a metaphor or a visual or something that relates to them, something that is familiar, even though this could make the prophecy even more complex. But this they understand because God helped me translate his word to the language of their hearts. David likely would have turned away in condemnation and excess of fear if Nathan had not said that in a metaphor. But instead, the metaphor and translation and the prophet was used by God to make that bridge. Notice how prophecy related to something that is familiar to David. David was a shepherd before he was a king. Yeah. And Nathan used a metaphor of the flock, something that was precious to him, something that was a love to David. You could not have taken away from him. So we as prophets, we are God's mouthpieces, God's translators is very closely tied to the gift of interpretation because often someone may not understand a word and you may not understand it yourself and you'll seek the word's face in desperation to understand what he means and what he just showed you and he'll reveal it to you. And Michael, you also talked about how Christ prophesied and Keith, you referenced the Great Commission and I was really excited to bring these two points together. Um, John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus enrobed Himself in the prophecies, a walking fulfillment of the words and visions recorded for the past many centuries. But He did not stop there. He did not stop there. He prophesied like you mentioned, Michael. He spoke of what's to come furthermore because He was not finished yet. And John 5, 19 through 20 says, Very truly, I tell you, the son cannot do anything on his own. He can only do what he sees the father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. So Christ was a prophet, not merely anointed, though, but the anointed one, as said in Psalms 2. He left us with these words as a spokesperson for himself on behalf of him, the Trinity, and God the Father. And he left us with this prophecy that we're to walk under for the rest of this earth. Acts 1, 8, the Great Commission, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria. And those areas have been reached. But even to the remotest parts of the earth, we shall be his witnesses. Christ was prophesying when he said that. He knew that that is what is to come. And that's our destiny. He spoke it into us in a language that we understand. So those are my thoughts. <laughs> those are yeah. some great thoughts. One thing really quick, since we've kind of got a, a pause here, um, I was thinking that we'd be remiss to not mention this episode, um, that when you're operating in the prophetic or the office of the prophet, um, for those that may or may not know, it's not just the voice of God you hear. You can hear the voice of God in a different way. Um, I uh, I get pictures and, and movies and and more, I don't even know how to describe it. It's more of like a impression of something, not not a word like, you know, hey, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so there there is a difference in 
in how I operate with this gift than how, say, Michael or Lily operate or even Ethan, where they hear a, a more direct vocal type of word. Um, so there are there are multiple ways to hear from God. So I want to make sure that we address that. So yes, you are hearing from God if you, if you see pictures or get that bit of information or whatever, but you didn't hear an audible, um, you're still hearing from God. And, and if you're not sure that you're hearing from God, then, then of course, test the word. And um, I, I always hear Michael saying, you know, did Jesus come in the flesh? Did Jesus come in the flesh? You know, that's the best way to test a word that you're getting. Um, because again, it, if it's from God, you're going to, you're going to get a yes. And obviously, you know, you're going to get nothing if it's not from God. Um, another thing I wanted to make sure that we addressed on this episode was the fact that it is surprising to me and, and, and you feel free to write in and tell me I'm wrong uh dear listeners and viewers but um your church may or may not be talking about some of these topics they may not be talking about spiritual gifts they may not be talking about the fivefold ministry um you know and that's something that's really important uh, as a believer that that our churches need to be talking about they need to be addressing you know we've talked about on this show numerous times thank you holy spirit we've talked about on this show numerous times about how when Jesus tells us that we are to go do things that he did and then some, that that's a now thing. That's not a, a you know, back in the day thing. That is a current right now, 2023 thing that we should be performing miracle signs and wonders, that we should be, you know, out evangelizing. We should be doing all of these things that Jesus did, but greater through the Holy Spirit operating in us. And if your church isn't talking about these things, then you need to find a church that is because you're not being fed the right bread. Chris. Yes. I'm going to piggyback on that because the Holy Spirit has something huge. Just a few moments ago, I believe he uncovered a deception of the enemy that is going to bring freedom and going to bring unity. This is so awesome. Praise you, Jesus. Okay. So John eight forty four. Um, in red here, Jesus is talking to, I believe the Pharisees, you were of your, this is a harsh word. Um, but it, that, uh, it's the latter part of it, but I'll start at the beginning of John eight forty four. You were of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer. Uh, I'm getting to the character of Satan, of the devil. Uh, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Okay, so I believe the Holy Spirit just uncovered and, and uh, just uncovered a key to why we're not in unity. Why we're not in unity, and this came actually partially, Michael, when you were reading Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Okay, and so when you did that, like these times came back. There have been several times, okay, so, so we're going to put that on the shelf for a second. The devil is a liar. So I have noticed, here's a little segue, okay, the lie in the beginning where, where the serpent, we were talking about this in men's group the other day, the serpent deceived, and then after the fall of man, and then all these consequences came that were uh, warned by God, like, don't do this because there's going to be consequences, and then they came, and then Satan comes back, and he blames it on God. He blames it on uh, it's God's fault. He, he still, he twists things. Um, even though God was the one that 
gave the opportunity to dwell and to walk in, in, in the garden. Okay, so this is another thing. The devil, and he operates in lies. Okay, so we've established on this, on this program that God wants to use the fivefold ministry and the prophets, those who are called to the office of prophet and even prophecy. We've established that in, in the scriptures to, to the end goal of unity and gaining the stature of Christ. And so how is Satan going to stop that? He's going he's gonna to prevent the fivefold ministry from operating. This gift, God has given this, this gift, these people, he's given it. Okay, so how does he do that? We find that in Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How many times have, have I sought to gather you together? Okay, so there's two scriptures. But anyway, I, I've sought to, to, to brood over you like this loving thing. Um, but they, they wouldn't have it. Okay, some of those prophetic words, because Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. He's a perfect prophet. Everything that he spoke was perfect. All the prophecies in the word uh, prophesied of him, and he fulfilled all of those, and the ones that he hasn't yet, he's going to at his second coming. Okay, so the problem was he wasn't received because the, the devil was still lying to Israel, the, the sons and daughters of Israel, that they, they had the, these misconceptions, these false doctrines, these false ideas about who Christ was. But that's not really where I'm going. But basically, they didn't trust the voice of God because the devil was whispering in their ear, or demons were. You can't trust him. Look at these harsh words. He's coming against you. He's calling you out, Pharisees. You don't want to submit. You don't want to submit to the Messiah. He can't be the Messiah because he would praise you because they were listening to this pride. We were talking about pride. Pride infiltrates like every other sin because it's the one thing that prevents us from submitting to God. And then the devil flees. Okay, so uh, people in leadership, in church leadership, and especially in the Western church, we have, uh, we, we have like an organizational framework for how we do things. And so I, I'm exposing, we're called to have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Okay, so this is a huge deed of darkness, and it is, it is a doctrine of demons to hinder the fivefold ministry. The true fivefold ministry that we've established is for good purposes. And so how the enemy does that is this lie. The enemy who speaks his native language of lies. When a harsh word comes... Okay, Mike, Michael, you are talking about earlier, like some of the first words that God gave you, they were heavy things. They were things you didn't want to say. Okay, we were talking about encouragement, and that's true. But I'm going to hit a couple of scriptures here just real quick. In Jeremiah 1.10, it says, basically, his gift, his calling of prophet was to, for the purpose of, to root out and pull up, uh, to root out and pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So we have four kind of harsh things and two good things, building and planting. Then Hosea 6.1 says, come, let us return unto the Lord. Let's see if that's still there. Hosea 6.1. Come, let us return unto the Lord for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He is, let's see which, sorry, just technical difficulties. He has injured us or he has wounded us, but he will bandage our wounds. Okay, so we have to trust and this is, this is kind of a faith thing. Like even if, so the reason I'm talking about church leadership is when, when we're trying to build up the church and we have these good 
purposes, but we're afraid, like here's the lie of the enemy. We're afraid that if a harsh word comes or that we're not going to be able to test it, or we're afraid that we can't disciple people in the midst of maybe a word coming to the church. It's been a while since I've heard a word in tongues and then an interpretation or a prophetic word to the church. And I believe that God, as he's pouring out his spirit with the Asbury revival and as his spirit's pouring out, we're going to see more and more of this. Um, but what I'm getting to is he will heal us. He will bandage us. And so I'm going to tell a, a quick testimony right here. The first time that I ever got a word from the Lord that was for a corporate body. And there, there's two times that this has happened. The actual pastor basically called me up to a microphone. And maybe somewhat of a harsh word uh, was given. And I knew it was the Lord because the, like, it was undeniable that the, the person in charge of the microphone or the pastor uh, did this. And so the first time this ever happened in, in a corporate gathering, in an a ecclesia gathering, it was, it was kind of an open mic for prayer. And it wasn't me specifically, but they said, if anyone has a word, come up to the mic. And I think there was like five people and I was the last one in line and I didn't, I didn't have anything. I wasn't planning on going up. And I started feeling this, Keith, this thing you're talking about, this pounding in, in my chest, Michael, this thing you're talking about, this fire where you just had to give it. You guys both, I think talked about that. And that happened. This was the first time this ever happened. So I go up, I get in line. It's still kind of there. I can tell the Lord's doing something and the other people say what they have to say or pray what they have to pray. And it was all good. And I get up to the microphone. I got nothing other than the Holy Spirit is all over me. And I, uh, I praised God. Only thing I knew to do is praise God. I think I may have prayed in tongues a little bit. And then the only thing that I remember is, Lord, we know that now is the time that judgment must begin in the house of God. And that was, that was the, the bulk of the word. And then some things happened. Some things happened after that. But why was that? Is that because God didn't love that church body? Or was it because... He was warning of things that there was there was a path that people were on that that there was a repentance. And I'm saying this in the fear of God right now. I did not want to give that word, but I had to give that word. I had to give that word. And I know it was from the Lord. And there was there was a turn of events. And I don't I don't think it was heated. Uh, it, it was a it was a warning. And actually, uh, the Lord led me and my family on from that church. But I, I still see some some of those folks and and. Uh, I don't want to get into all that, but I believe that God had, like he want, why did he give that word? Because he wanted to brood over. Okay. So situation, that is like the most extreme. And that's the very first corporate word that I ever had to give. That's the worst that I think that it could get. I either was a false prophet, which I don't think so because I was quoting scripture and, but looking at where we are now, like you look at the book of Acts, you look at Ananias and Sapphira, some harsh things happen, but God get, gives opportunity. And I, I'm not trying to go down a rabbit trail, but what I'm saying is there, there's a fear that there's some ulterior motive, or if we let prophets speak, then, then things are going to get broken or, or maybe they're going to be off or this or that, but there's provision for all these things and we can grow as a body. And Michael, I know you've even talked, and this was just such an epiphany to me. Wow, you can actually disciple in the midst. You can, even if you're on stage, you're on a microphone, you acknowledge the word, okay, and, and you let the Holy Spirit lead. You acknowledge the word, you, you judge it if you need to, and, and we should, according to scripture. And if it's off, then it's a teaching moment. 
because we have to have this. We cannot be afraid of it. Okay. So there, there was another one, and and actually there, there was, there was. I'm not going to go into this one, but the reason that I thought of this is because there, there's someone who is a prophet and has been, who is elderly and been walking in the office of prophet for decades and decades and decades, and kind of a mentor to me and some people that I know, and kind of a similar situation happened, and the Lord told me and this other person, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, like at the same time. And, and it was because a word wasn't received and our hearts grieved over that. Like, so, so what, what's the choice? Our choice is though he slay me yet, will I trust him? Right. And th this isn't candy coated stuff. I'm just going like, why would, why would we be afraid of the fivefold? Why would be, we be afraid of the prophetic? Why, why would we try to shut that down? What lie of the enemy? Like what? I'm just going to pray right now. Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against these lies of the enemy and I expose them in the name of Jesus. I shine the light of Christ on you. You will have no place in the body of Christ and the, the body of Christ will come to this place of unity. And Satan, you are a liar and the Lord rebuke you. You have no place in the body of Christ. We call you out in the name of Jesus and we say the will of the Lord will be done. This unity will happen. The fivefold ministry in the prophetic will do its purpose. And the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so we lift up Jesus Christ in this right now. And so, Father, I pray that whatever you need to speak to the people that are listening or watching, uh, you will speak. And we embrace you. We embrace you, Lord. We repent we repent from pushing you away. The spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus Christ, the word made flesh speaking through his prophets. We repent, Lord Jesus. And I stand in the gap for the body of Christ and I repent. And I say, Lord God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us and speak to us once again. Let us hear your voice. Let us hear your voice. Let us know you deeper. Help us, God. Bring us to that place of unity. Bring us to that place of the fullness of the stature of Christ. Bring us into the head of Christ. Make us in your image. Finish the work that you started in us. Speak to us. Lead us, God. Get us on the right track. Correct us if we need to be corrected. Love us through your word. Love us through your prophetic voices. Love us, God. We want to receive your love. Forgive us for turning our ear. Oh, God, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Let us have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church right now in this season, in this time of revival, Lord God. This is a watershed moment. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would be able to hear you, that we would embrace you. We would embrace the move of the Spirit. There's no one like you, Lord God. We give you preeminence. You are the head. And we, we repent for not letting you speak the way that you want to speak, the way that your word says that you will speak and you'll continue to speak until the end is met. You are holy. You are holy and we worship you. There's none other, Lord. We give you glory in this moment. Forgive us, Lord. Amen. 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 All right. Well, um, unless anybody's got any other points we need to hit on this episode, we should probably start uh, getting in some closing uh, thoughts here. Michael, why don't you uh, lead that uh, <laughs> that round? Yeah, Chris, I, I like how you were um, really circling the wagons around 
the enemy cutting down the word of the Lord from Adam uh, and and Eve, from the serpent to Eve to um, a lot of other places in the word. And um, and you're pointing out the the questioning of the word that that the enemy does. Did God really say? If you are the son of, you know, did God really say? And if you are the son of God, or if you are a fivefold minister, why don't blah 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 blah? Okay, it might sound familiar to, to some of you listening. And uh, take heart, God's word is alive and active, and is sharper than any two-edged sword. Two-edged sword. And in Him we live, move, and I'm going to exegete in, breathe, and have our being. And so, Chris, thank you for for leading us into that observation. Yes. Um, so, so I was hearing, uh, earlier, um, Hey, Tony, Tony, I'm in the midst of your marriage. Forgive. So I can evangelize and revive you and your wife, Matthew 23, 37, which is, Oh, Jerusalem, Oh, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who, and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together. God's children together. He's longed to gather you married people together. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you see you comes in the name of the Lord. So, Tony, I would just recommend um, what this word is. I would just recommend just giving your wife over to the Lord and, and forgive, and it may be hard. Um he says he's in the midst of your marriage. Forgive so I can evangelize and revive you and your wife. And then uh, Sandra, I heard blood flow. And then I heard circulation. And by the way, this is hours ago. I heard this at 5.50 p.m., by the way. I heard this at 5.50. Sandra, blood flow, circulation. Circulation is being healed. So, Sandra, contact let us know we'd like to know i'm very confident that the lord started touching you at around 550 the 13th of march so all right lily what do you got um i saw sean the widow maker artery was fully blocked and it ruptured but i saw god recrafting that within your body better than how it was before any harm had been done and um you said this was for sean mm-hmm. okay and um brenda i just my heart's really going out to you you've been disowned by your earthly family but god just wants to encourage you that you are still welcome in his family and he has actually already gone before you and saved you a seat in that local church that you've lived right next to for many years um you thought they wouldn't accept you either, but that's not true. God's been saved. I hear him say that I've been saving her a seat for a long time. And she's been curious. You've been curious about this church. And you've nearly gone into it like a million times. And you have to drive past it every time you're on your way to work. And something always turns your head. And you never knew what that was. But it's the touch of God that just tilts your chin towards the right from your car window and makes you look at that church. You've always known that was your home, but you've always resisted because you have a very, very hurt 
emotion built around that word home. You've never actually felt like you've had one. But I just encourage you to actually take that step because God saves you a seat. Um, one last scripture I really wanted to say is Second Timothy 3, verses 6 through 7. It says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So God is a living, moving paradox. He is justice and mercy. He is love and fairness. But he never contradicts himself. Though it may seem some of his qualities do take a closer look, they do not. And if prophecy is true, if it is truly God-given, God-spoken through you, then it will also be profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man mm-hmm. of God be complete, equipped for every good work. Mm-hmm. No better way to test the word from God than this scripture and what it tells us. There you go. That's awesome. what I'd like to end on. Okay. Chris, final thoughts. Lily is spot on. That's right. The multifaceted word of God. It's beautiful. It builds us up in love. All right. Oh, man, this has been a very full episode. I am very thankful that we were able to come together tonight as a group and to, to tackle this topic. Um, Michael, would you close us out in prayer, please? A prayer of salvation, Heath? Um, actually, no, just, uh, well, I mean, you can go that way if you want, uh, but I was thinking more just as a general. Let's, Hold on. Let's... What is God telling you to do? Because I think it's not just uh, close out general. Do you, what God's you, telling you. Yeah. And in fact, that, <laughs> thank you. That's actually amazing that Lily just said that right at that moment. So uh, there are some, even tonight, that God, he's calling you into, one, he's going to bring you to the right discipler. But you are a prophet in training. Um, the very fact that you clicked on this long broadcast of uh, four individuals who love the word of God, love the prophetic mm-hmm. uh pouring our hearts out uh looking at the scriptures looking a lot of us looking a lot at a lot of scriptures um you had it you had just a massive bible study here at the end of the day um which is a huge point of this show but i'm seeing a lot of listeners that 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 click on to this broadcast there's this heart cry it's just like lily just gave that word of that woman looking at the church every day she goes into work you're looking at stuff like this like all the time wondering wondering maybe Maybe you're not even wondering if it's you. Maybe you haven't done that math yet, but this is seed into your life. And so tonight, oh, okay. If the Lord is touching the back of your throat right now, like almost in between your shoulder blades, back of your throat, like your, your low neck, and it's, it's affecting your, your, your voice. Like you kind of like had to gulp, like the Lord touched the back of your neck. He touched your voice at the deepest parts, right? Because the gift of prophecy is sometimes like taking water from a well. You have to lower that bucket into into the well, into the living water, and you have to pull it up. And you have to go into the secret place um, with the Lord to, to hear what he would have you say. But there are some of you tonight that are being touched in that, in that low neck area. That is, a, that is a Holy Spirit manifestation. And that's to confirm what we're about to pray together as a group. So let's all pray. Lord Jesus, 
You are the perfect prophet. You are the perfect prophet. You are Messiah. You are Messiah. Messiah. I love your word. I love your word. I love your word. I have been wanting to be a minister of your word. I have been wanting to be a minister of your word. Thank you for touching me to do that. Thank you for touching me to do that. And guys, well, I'll, I'll continue leading here. And, and I am so thankful, Lord, for these individuals who you have touched tonight. Thank you for showing me where you touched them tonight. Um, Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name, you would bring that right discipler to them and that they could safely show their interest in the office of the prophet, in the prophetic, to these individuals. And these individuals would be able to lead them into rightly dividing the word of God, rhema and logos. What that means is the spoken word and the written word. The written word is the canon, and it will always be. It'll always be the guideline, the rule, the written rule, the canon of God. We bless these individuals. We again thank you for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and touching that certain part of our body, soul, and spirit. And it even made us gulp. It even made us go, (laughs) thank you for how you touch us and communicate to us. And we bless these individuals. And we activate them in the Word of God, the living Word of God, the eternal Word of God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I think as well, we never like to close a show these days without making sure you have an opportunity to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you don't know Him. And there's no time like the present guys it's not too late doesn't matter how much stuff you've been through in your life doesn't matter how much um you know what you've done in your past that that doesn't matter because at the end of the day you're still loved you're still chosen you're still here for a reason um and so we want to make sure you have that opportunity to get to know him um and and so we just want to pray a quick prayer with you if today's the day that you make that choice hey um and we, we want to celebrate that with you as well if you make that decision. So if you just pray with us really quick, unless you're driving, you know, close your eyes and pray along. If you're driving, then you can say it with your eyes open. But uh, we're just going to say this together really quick. Uh, dear God. Dear God. Dear God. I, I know that I have sinned. I know, I've sinned. I know that I have sinned. But I believe. I believe. I believe. That Jesus died in my place. Jesus, Jesus, died, Jesus died, in my died in my place. And God, you raised him from the dead. God, you raised, God, you raised him. him from the dead. So, Jesus, I confess. Jesus, I confess that you are Lord. You are Lord. You are Lord. Please be Lord of my life. Please, Please be, Lord. be Lord of my life. Wash away my sin. Wash away, Wash away, my, away my sin. And give me the power to follow you. And give, give me, me the power, power to follow you. you. Amen. 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 Now, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. And 
This decision was not a light one for you. I know that. But we want to celebrate with you. You can write us at prayer at rmr.live. And we would be happy to celebrate with you, to welcome you to the family. Um, And, of course, the next step after that is to get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-filled church because we want you to stay the path. We want you to stay the course. Um, The enemy's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy and to get you off target. So, again, we want you to get in and get plugged in um, so that you can keep on the path with this decision you've made. And with that, I just want to thank everybody for joining us today. This has been an incredible and uh, probably record-breaking length episode by the time it's all said and done. And remember, if you like today's show and today's content, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, your coworkers, your neighbors. It doesn't matter because sharing is caring, guys. Sharing is caring. Remember also to check out rmr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. Please like and subscribe to the show's YouTube and Rumble pages. Follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, la, la, la. It's all the stuff out there. Podcast listeners around the globe, we love each and every one of you. We do have a couple new blips on the map today, and we're so thankful that you're tuning in. Welcome, Bangkok. Bangkok's been there for a while, but we we, we still like Bangkok. Uh (laughs) Shout out to Bangkok. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate each and every one of you tuning in across the globe, spending time with us and the Lord each week. And if you feel led to donate to the show, there are links to do so on the website down below. And for those watching on your screen, somewhere around Lily and Chris's chins, um, all donations are going to go to hosting fee software equipment and wherever the Holy Spirit is directing us to give and to help. Uh, part of that is still going to Redemption Squad from the commercials. Um, remember, guys, get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-led church. Plug into groups and discipleship opportunities. Serve in any way you can. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week and be blessed. Thank you for listening to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio.